Welcome, friends, to the Recovering Reality Podcast. We are excited that you have joined us on our journey of helping individuals and communities step into a healthier place of recovery. If you're interested in recovery coaching at all, you can reach out to us directly. We can set up a consultation and you can jump over to the website at www.recoveringreality.com for more free resources to help you live out the healthiest and most sustainable recovery possible. Enjoy the podcast, guys. Welcome, guys, to another episode here on the Recovering Reality Podcast. I'm real excited today because I have a new friend with us who's going to share a very powerful story, Colin Morrison, one of the original members of Metal Militia, X game participant, even won a medal at the X Games, went through the hell of addiction, and now is living in seven and a half years of recovery. What's happening, buddy? I'm glad to have you on. Yeah, what's up, buddy? Um, yeah, everything's good. I know we tried to do this last week, but some things got in my way. So, yeah, pumped we finally made it happen. Yeah, absolutely, man. Thank you. So, Matt, without further ado, you got a really powerful and amazing story that I think is going to help a lot of people. Um, why don't you Why don't you just dive in, man, and tell us a little bit, you know, briefly what it was like when you were young and what led you into this the hell of addiction? Yeah, that's a big question, but um, pretty much my childhood was perfect. My my dad, and mom never drank. They never did drugs. I grew up in a very uh, suburban neighborhood, just no crime, nothing. So, like, pretty much my childhood was perfect. Um, wow. Like mine. As, yeah, exactly. And that just shows that, like, it can happen to anybody. But, um, yep. yeah, I went to my first dirt bike race um, with my dad when I was 12. And after that day, like, my, my whole life changed. It was all about getting a dirt bike and becoming a professional motocross racer. And that's literally awesome. live, breathe and sleep that slept it. And, um, yeah, man, I got my first dirt bike at like 12 and a half, 13. And it was just off to the races, man. Me and my dad, um, going to the races every weekend, just having fun. And then, um, yeah, that's what it was for like a good, uh, I don't know, like four years, maybe it was just a really good time. A lot of great memories. And then, um, it's so hard to even, like, for people that don't know, like, I, I don't know how to even summarize it, but freestyle motocross, um, it was like a movement. Uh, motocross is very cookie cutter. Everybody had their shirts tucked in. I mean, it was so, it was almost lame back in the day. And then uh, this movie, Krusty Demon's Dirt, came out. It was all about punk rock music, chicks, partying, mm. dirt bikes. It, like, totally shed a new light on motocross, what it was, like, really about, and I saw that movie and that changed my life. It wasn't about becoming a racer. It was about becoming a rebel on a dirt bike and just doing huge jumps like the dudes I saw in the movies. So like everything changed for me and go to the races. I didn't first, I just worried about showing off to people and then going big, going for the big jumps and then uh, freestyle motocross. The very first jump contest started in 1998 and my name was getting bigger. So I got invited to that. And how then, old were you at that point? I was uh, 16, and then 16, okay. overnight, freestyle motocross blew up. I mean, I, it, it was timing. It was perfect timing because I was there from the start, and there's only about 15 of us, maybe, if that. And literally overnight, 
it just turned into this huge thing where, you know, it turned into people doing video games with us, commercials, movies, every single week, and you're in a different part of the world traveling, filming, wow. doing jump shows. It's crazy, man. And I was 16. Um, dude, I was making great money, dropped out of school in uh, 10th grade. Um, just following my dream, dude. I was making great money, but at the time, that's kind of when I kind of branched away from hanging out with my parents and doing that thing and just, like, really, I was off the races, dude, traveling, like, just, uh, it was crazy, man, overnight. So, you know, that's where shit kind of began, dude. It It wasn't too crazy, you know, I was just smoking weed drinking and then I, I got drunk and I liked it man I loved everything about it like everything um so you know wow it was like the I mean literally almost like the whole world was at your fingertips almost overnight yeah it was rad man and it was so easy for us and there's so many dudes in that era that ended up in drug addiction and all this because you know when you're doing that at least for me I never thought it was going to stop and you know my parents were telling me wiser people were telling me but you know I was so busy and just doing the coolest shit back then I didn't think it was going to end man and it was just uh it was just a lifestyle man I'm literally getting paid to party getting paid to show up and ride getting paid to show up to autographs and it was rad I never had to go out to look for drugs or look for alcohol, you know, I mean, people just wanted to party with us. So it was so easy at a young age and then being like, had this like almost fake light uh, on you, you know, I don't know, I guess we were kind of big, but not really, I guess, looking at it, it was just, uh, it was just easy, dude, to fall in the hole, looking back at it, man, really easy. So um, I definitely would have at that age, I was falling into it all and I was definitely not living a glamorous life in any way shape or form that's me, what I mean yeah oh, go ahead man go ahead I was just going to say for a lot of kids that's when you venture into drinking all this stuff and then you get thrown a bone where you're like getting paid to show up to party dude it's a whole different animal man it's uh you just feel like you're not doing anything wrong blacking out yeah, I guess kids are kids you know Nobody thought it was a problem. Um, but, yeah, it just started to go. It went uphill before downhill, but, yeah. Wow, man. So here you are. So you're, what, 18, early 20s, still doing all of this? Yeah, 18 to, like, 20 was kind of like the peak. That's when I was really killing it. got my first DUI in Sunset Boulevard after some movie premiere. You know, parents were so pissed got my brand new truck taken away it was just a, it was a really bad time man um so yeah I, I didn't think i had a problem just think i messed up and my parents didn't think i don't even think i had a problem i don't know man i think about yeah. it it was uh you know i don't know but dude you can fast forward 10 years because we can go on forever and ever about the war stories and everything that went on in um let's say 10 years of doing that uh sure got so many injuries like such a big list and then every time you get hurt you get you go to the doctor they give you pain pills and then you know so then I got introduced to Norco's all that stuff I loved it I loved popping a couple pills what made me felt dude I I mean that was my introduction 
football injury yeah. and start taking pills. Yep. Exactly. I don't understand how people don't like that feeling, man. It's uh, I I just like it. I like everything about it, you know. And um, yeah, man. So for the next maybe eight years, I uh, kept on getting in trouble. It's always uh, just you never knew gonna get into i mean drunk in public so many i racked up another dui on pain pills um the girlfriend at the time it was just gnarly but i mean every time i drank i blacked out and then i started to become knowing people started to know me i was like that guy out but it was almost like uh a show or something people were still pumped on it just me going so big he was like you go big on on your dirt bike and then you go party and you go just as big so it was still Nobody could figure out that maybe I had a problem or that I didn't. I surely didn't think I had a problem. But, you know, um, we my buddy found a doctor that was writing these scripts because I was always buying pain pills off him. And then he had this idea. He's like, dude, I got this doctor in Burbank. He can write scripts every two weeks. And that's when it really started going down. You know, I was getting like 125 Norcos, 90 Somas. 90s Danny bars every two weeks and dude i was going through them i wasn't selling them i was straight going through them so it got really that's, bad man that's uh, the recipe for yeah disaster i thought it was <laughs> i thought it was perfect man I'm like, oh i would have doctor <laughs> it was so it was like amazing everyone like the it, my love started to grow where it wasn't about riding it was about when that script was going to be uh ready to re- well yeah. getting excited for so, yeah, man, uh, one day me and my buddy went to go fill up the script. On the way back, I was blasting music. I had a chick in my uh, passenger seat, and my best friend, that he was my roommate, too, you know, we got to my house, and he was stiff as a board, and I guess he OD'd, like, halfway home. I didn't notice. I was probably zombied out, and, yeah, so he died. Wow. And I, it was heavy, man, it was just heavy. But at that time, he was my best friend. I still... It was so weird looking back is when, when they took his body away, I was like, all right, dude, of course I was bummed. I was crying all that, but like how sick it was in my head. I'm like, dude, where's his pills at? You know, because I don't want anybody to find him. I better take him, dude. It's, it's fucked up, man. Like everything was about where are the pills, man? You know, Mm-hmm. I, I do. I mean, so the chaos of it all, um, you you managed to have some success in the midst of this, which is strangely common for a lot of people that struggle with alcohol and drug addiction. It you know it obviously it's a house of cards and it collapses on itself eventually. But there's oftentimes some success that is had in the midst of it. Why don't you touch on that briefly, man? Some of the success that was had in the midst of all this. Um. Well, I was still figuring out. I was almost like a chemist. I knew what my body could handle, how I could function through the day, how I could get just fucked up enough where, like, I could ride, like, what I could take and still ride to do this jump show. So, like, I had it down to a science. And it it wasn't always uh, a perfect formula. Sometimes it would go a little south. But, dude, for the most part, I had it figured out. So I got by people just, but it started like in people's eyes, they started to see I was going downhill, downhill. And then, uh, dude, I, I got, um, you know, I'm just going to jail more. Um, uh, mainly my, my drunk in public, dude, all that stuff. And then, uh, you know, that's when they stopped making oxys. It was harder to get, harder to get money than my buddy got me, uh, try black tar heroin, which everybody, that's how it, 
Yeah, I would say 90% of people did it back in that, that time. I mean, Roxy's and Oxycom were so big, they stopped making those. Everybody started doing black tar heroin. And uh, yep. I got into that, and that's when my life totally, it was all about the drugs. It wasn't even about the dirt bike anymore. And then, you know, fast forward another three years where I completely lost everything, this relationship I had, my house, my car, everything. Um, and I couldn't get, I, I traded everything. I traded my X Games medal. I traded all my painted helmets. I traded everything I, I had value in my life for heroin, doing a couple grams a day. And then uh, I, I just couldn't get, I had, I ran out of sources. So I got into dust off, dude, uh, because I wasn't going through the withdrawals and I was getting fucked up on that. Like I just said, where I, I wasn't really having withdrawals. So like, once again, I thought it was perfect, dude. I can go to Thrifty. I can go to Target, Best Buy. It's seven bucks for a can. I'm just going to get blasted on dust off the rest of my life, dude. Like, that's in my head. I'm like, dude, this is it. Like, I, I figured it wow. out again. And that's when, dude, I did that for, like, three, four months. And, like, it was so much gnarlier than any heroin story, any meth. I mean, there's so much other stuff, you know, the coke, the meth, all this other shit I was addicted to at times. But, dude, the dust off ruined me, man. It was uh, just totally took me down i was in target i was passing out in best buy um i got it my third dui on that shit dude uh passed out ran in side swept like six or seven cars and i ran into a semi in the middle of an intersection dude and people pulled me out it was so fucking gnarly dude and the main reason i try and talk about sobriety because that day like i feel dude i could have easily killed you know 20 people dude i could have fucked dude just like I'd still be in jail right now, man. A diesel um, truck in the middle of an intersection. N- no, just like a big semi truck. Yeah, it was oh, gnarly. Some, he was making a oh, right. Man. He was making a right, and I like hit him right. Because that's where my truck was. I don't remember any of it. That's just where the scene was oh, when I got sure. out of my truck. It was heavy, dude. It was like a full blown. It was crazy, man. Crazy, you know. So How old are you at this point about, now? I was uh, like twenty-seven. Okay. 28, maybe. Um, no, actually, you know what? Take that back. I was 29. Okay. And then, dude, it was fucking went to Twin Towers Jail for like four or five days, and I felt so safe in there, man. Like, I didn't even care. It was just, I was over my life. So much other things, like I said. It's safe because you knew time. you were shielded from the drugs? Yeah, that. I just fucking didn't want to live anymore. I fucking... Uh, disgrace to my family, disgrace to everybody. I just didn't want to defeat, didn't want to show weakness and say I needed help. It's it's embarrassing. I was thinking about this yesterday, like, you know, how embarrassing it is, I guess, for a lot of addicts to, like, say you need help or, like, because you don't want to, you think you have it covered. You think you, you have it all figured out, you know. It's a, it's a hard thing to do, and I would just, I would never admit I needed help, ever. And then uh, I had an intervention with the metal militia guys. I walked out of that. So, yeah, finally, uh, I was living back at my dad's house at 29, fucking full circle. I remember as a kid, wanted to become a pro motor rider. I had a house, cars, everything, living the life, you know, reached my dream. And now, age 29, have nothing to my name, uh, addicted to drugs, and I'm back in my in my childhood room, dude. It was fucked up, man. Like, I literally just wanted to die. And then, dude, my dad dropped me off to rehab the next day you know it was a gnarly time for my family uh 
they didn't even think I was going to pull it out of rehab because they don't know really anything about addiction, you know, and uh, I didn't either. And then they thought, you know, they, you take your kid to rehab, dude, they're going to come out a million bucks, like a hundred percent. Yeah. They're going to come out cured. Right. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Then the guy said, you know, there's only a 2.5% deal that he's going to pull it when he gets out of here. I just remember my dad and mom was crying. It was really heavy, dude. So yeah, I mean, first night in rehab, fucking, uh, I was tripping so bad. Like, I was scared, man. So scared. You see it in the movies, you see it in the TV shows, like rehab, dude. I couldn't believe I ended up here, man. Like, I was tripping so bad. I didn't even sleep for a few nights. And then, third or fourth night, I realized, wow, dude, like, everybody here has got my back. Everybody here is so fucking nice. Um, it's, it's just, it's a, it's amazing. Everybody's here has the same problem as me. Um, it's where I was reborn, man. Straight up, uh, I loved it. I, like that. I loved reborn. everything about rehab, dude. Loved everything about it, man. Um, I just listened to what they said. I had no other choice. I had nothing else, man. So like, it was, it was just rad. And I just remember waking up, not having to fucking figure out. All right, I got five Roxy's that's going to last me until 12 o'clock tonight. Then I got to trade my gear bag to go get another stack of heroin to last me uh, tomorrow. And then I got to get this bag and this for like, it was fun. You know, that's just, that's where it was at. Mm-hmm. Trying to figure out how I was going to survive. And I was waking up every, like going to bed on at nine o'clock on, on, on the point and waking up at like six thirty on point And, having a smile on my face all day and not having to worry about any of that stuff. And I started feeling better and better and better. And then dude, bottom line, I never turned around, man. Um, I, I graduated rehab 30 days. Um, I wanted it. It was only a 30 day deal for me. Um, and then I, I wanted to stay in sober living. I was having such a good time. I stayed in there for another three months. I got lucky. I met my wife out of rehab. Like we knew each other briefly before rehab and I linked up after so I think I got lucky but I just know like you go to meetings everybody that makes sobriety number one and like is a, and changes their life and becomes a good person all this shit like I've never seen one person do all that work and say dude I have a shitty life you know it's just you hear about mm-hmm. all these miracles and it's it's uh, so true dude because everything started landing on my lap dude small things you know I was used to making a lot of money signing autographs let's say you know i'm just um and then out of rehab i moved in with uh, my girlfriend at the time my now wife and i i got a job with my buddy printing t-shirts a very laborious job dude it was it was rough but i was working 10 hours a day making like 10 bucks an hour i was so pumped dude and it was far away from where i lived where ashley had to take me to my buddy's house his parents house and i slept in their guest room like four days out of the week and then I'd ride their mountain bike because I had no license I had nothing to go print t-shirts so like I was used to like um pretty much what I'm trying to say is I didn't have a fucking ego and that's what takes down so many people is you come out of rehab and you still have this ego thinking you know all this stuff and those are the people that'll always go back out on drugs man always so I would agree I would agree Uh, I've definitely seen that yeah so I just dropped my ego I just started just doing things positive things and just got bigger bigger uh you know but with sobriety it's not always peachy you know my dad got stage four cancer 
uh, like a year and a half sober. It was heavy, but I just think if I was messed up, I'd probably be taking this pain pill. So I was there, and my parents are divorced, divorced, and uh, you know, pretty much saved my dad's life because I had to go over there and like help him six times a day. It was it was heavy, dude, and I wouldn't have been in the right state of mind if I was on drugs, dude. So like saved my dad, and then he had a business for like 35 years service and fire extinguishers and he saw I was doing good so he gave me that business so then it like now I got my own business like just all these crazy things started happening man I'm seven years sober now um you know I got I do my podcast I do uh work for recovery magazine I'm just so like I'm so about preaching about sobriety because yeah. before I went to rehab I didn't, I didn't have a too many people look up to that were sober that like knew that lifestyle. I don't know. And you know, it's crazy. Like you, me and so many other people that are open about it. Like, dude, that, that helps a lot of people, man. Cause when you're in the thick of addiction, dude, and you're trying to get help, you feel like you're the only person, dude, you feel like you're so shallow. So just, uh, everything I'm doing now, I just feel, uh, I don't know, man. My life is just rad. It's crazy. Thanks for joining us, friends, on the fastest growing recovery podcast out. We consider it a great privilege to be able to share this free resource with you that encourages and empowers you to live into a healthy and sustainable recovery. You guys can help us by sharing this on your social media platforms and with friends who you think could benefit from this. And if you want to go a step further and help us get the word out even more, you can leave us a five star rating in a short review on the Apple podcast page about how this podcast has helped you live into a healthier and more powerful recovery in your own personal life. Thank you guys. Connect again soon.